1: Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, as Superman tries to prove his conviction that Freeville's drought is man-made, he is unaware of the brutal obstacles planted in his way.
2: Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, there's one thing that I'm sure about, and that's that both fellas and girls hate to miss out on anything exciting. That's why all the gang's getting such a kick out of collecting those nifty comic buttons in that new series from Packages of Kellogg's Pet, because you're really in the swim when you sport a jacket or a dresser cap with these colorful buttons pinned on it. You want everybody to to know how many different funny paper characters you've collected, too. Old favorites like Chief Brandon and Tess Trueheart and and Superman himself. And, you know, it's even more exciting to trade duplicates with your friends. And these pep comic buttons are so doggone good-looking that, well, you just show me a fellow or girl who who would want to miss out on even one of the 18 new and different buttons in the series. Now, how you get these pep comic buttons is important. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere... All you do is to ask mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's Pet and look inside every package for your prize. And you'll find some mighty swell eating in a package of Pet too. A breakfast dish with a sunny golden toasted flavor that's mighty satisfying these cold wintry mornings. Every single whole wheat flake is crisp. Every spoonful gives your morning appetite a real lift. So ask mom to get you some P.E.P. The Sunshine Cereal Kellogg's (laughs) Pet.
1: Now, the Adventures of Superman. When Lois Lane, reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, heard Uncle Ed Clayton, ex-governor and now a candidate for the Senate, make a vicious un-American speech against the war veterans who had taken homesteads in his county, she thought she had solved the mystery of Freeville. But Clark Kent, who as we know is Superman, said she was not entirely right and declared that the recent attacks on Lois, a young war veteran named Jerry Barton, and on old Abner Sykes, the local telegrapher, were somehow tied up with the prolonged dry spell in the community. As we continue now, Kent is querying Lois and Jerry Barton about their recent experience with the demagogue, Ed Clayton. Listen straight, Lois. You say that in
0: his speech at that secret rally, Uncle Ed said his prayers were responsible for the drought?
3: That's right, Clark. He said heaven wouldn't let any rain fall until the veterans' crops were ruined and they were forced to leave the state. Did you ever hear such nonsense? And blasphemy.
0: Blasphemy, all right, but I think it's a tip-off to what is probably the most amazing plot in history. A plot? What do you mean, Mr. Kent? Well, it's just a foggy notion at the moment, Jerry. It'll sound wild and incredible, but... Will you please tell us what you're driving at, Clark? Oh, wait a minute, Lord. Let's go over this one step at a time. You came to Freeville to cover a simple human interest story on the drought, didn't you?
3: Well, yes, of course. Well, when but... you tried
0: to talk to the natives, they looked frightened and walked away without answering,
3: right? Well, yes, but that's because practically everyone around Freeville works for Uncle Ed Clayton or has other reasons to be afraid of him. And they know he doesn't like strangers around, particularly reporters who would discover that the Honorable Mr. Clayton has practically set up a little Nazi Germany in this state. That's
0: right, Mr. Kent. And that's why Clayton's men tried to get rid of Miss Lane and me in that quick bog when they caught us listening in on that speech that he made to his followers. No, Jerry. Uh-uh. Clayton knows that the rest of the country is pretty well aware of his being a rabble-rouser and hate-monger. He wasn't afraid of your discovering that.
3: Well, then why does he resort to secret meetings?
0: Because he'd rather no one other than his faithful followers would know what he'd said about the drought. The drought? Mm-hmm. You
3: mean that nonsense about his prayers causing it? That's right. Look, I may be thick, Clark, but I don't get it. Well,
0: neither do I. Well, look, why, despite this being the rainy season and despite the fact that the weather reports called for rain practically every day for the past month, has there been no rain? I don't know, but, Mr. Kent, you don't really believe that Ed Clayton's prayers had anything to do with it, do you? No, of course not. But I'm not so sure that Ed Clayton himself doesn't have something to do with it.
3: Are you kidding? Look,
0: you just said, Jerry.
3: Clark, are you trying to say that you think Uncle Ed, by some, some hocus pocus or other, keeps the rain away from Freeville? That's
0: my hunch, Lois. Oh, now look, Clark. I told you it would sound wild and incredible. Wild
3: and incredible? Why, it sounds crazy mad just out of this world.
0: It certainly does. Well, I've never Wait, heard I, anything
3: I... so ridiculous in my whole life. Now, look, Uncle Ed it... Clayton, the rain preventer. Well, and w- that from you, a newspaper reporter. If you listen
0: just for listen a moment, Alex. What?
3: For my money, Uncle Ed is simply taking advantage of an unusual drought to play on the superstitions and prejudices of the natives.
0: Well, I think that's the answer, kid. Clayton would do anything to get rid of us veterans because he knows that the men who fought Hitler won't stand for his setting himself up as a Hitler right here in the USA. Well, that's true, but... But as for his being able to cause a drought, but just in order to break us and drive us out of the state, well, that's just plain silly. And how? Okay, you both had your say and you may be right, but before I say more, I'm going to take a little trip, and I'd like you to come along, Lois.
3: Where are you going? To
0: the nearest weather observation station. Happen to know where that is, Jerry? Sure, that's in Rawlings, about 18 miles north of here. Fine. Now, well, wait I...
3: a minute. Why do you want to go there,
0: Clark? You called me a bum reporter a moment ago. Don't you, as a good reporter, think that 30 days of rain predictions followed by 30 days of drought deserves a statement from a meteorologist? Well,
3: yes. How do we get to Rawlings, Jerry?
0: Oh, that's easy. Just about every northbound train out of Freeville goes through Rawlings. Okay. Now, look, you lay low until we get back, Jerry. Okay, mister. Don't worry. You fellas are not licked yet. Sit tight until you hear from us. Come on, Lois.
1: Leaving Jerry Barton, Kent and Lois go to the Freeville Depot and take a train to Rawlings. And a short time later, they're in the office of John Murray, Chief County Meteorologist, where they question the weatherman.
0: Murray, how can you explain the fact that your weather predictions have been wrong for 30 days?
1: Frankly, Mr. Kent, I can't explain it. You see, our predictions are based on reports which come in constantly by teletype from as many as 1,000 to 1,500 observers.
3: That many observers?
1: That's right, Miss Lane. There are men stationed throughout the country at levels ranging from 1,000 to 30,000 feet above sea level to report on the precipitation, atmospheric pressure, wind velocity, and so on in their areas. Yes. Then we record all reports on surface synoptic and pressure charts. I see. From all that data assembled and charted, we're then able to predict with reasonable accuracy the weather in a given area up to 72 hours in advance.
0: But how come you've been so wrong
1: about Freeville? I can't understand it. Ordinarily, there's a good deal of rain in that area during this season.
3: Well, would you call it a a freak of nature?
1: I can't give any other explanation. Usually, when such a phenomenon occurs, we can trace some warm air currents, which evaporate the moisture in the saturated clouds, thus causing drought.
0: Wait a minute. What's that about warm air currents, Mr. Murray?
1: During the war, our meteorologists in the African desert saw their predictions go haywire, then discovered that freak air currents, apparently coming from nowhere, suddenly spiraled up from the desert sands. I see. But
0: there's no desert around Freeville. I know,
1: Ken. There are mountains, of course, and they often affect the atmosphere and rain clouds. But
0: mountains never caused a
1: situation like this, did they? No, never to my knowledge. This drought has me stumped.
3: Well, I guess that's that, Excuse Clark. Excuse
1: me, Lois. Look, Mr. Murray, you say that warm
0: air currents can evaporate the moisture in a saturated cloud? That's right. Well, have you ever heard of anyone being able to, uh, create warm air currents in amounts large enough to affect rainfall?
1: Oh,
3: well, King. Oh, come now, Clark. Are you still harping on that nonsense? Just a minute, Now, Lois. stop being silly. Clark has the wild idea, Mr. Murray, that... Lois! Almost, uh, uh, that that somebody might be deliberately doing something to prevent the rain from falling over Freeville. Did you ever hear anything so absurd?
1: Well... Is it absurd, Mr. Murray? I'm afraid it is, Kent.
3: There, you see?
1: Of course, there are a lot of experiments being conducted. I won't say that in time precipitation won't be able to be controlled over a given area, but...
0: But you don't think anyone's discovered a way of doing that yet?
1: I'm afraid not. You know the old saying, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody can do anything about it.
3: Are you satisfied now, Clark?
0: Uh, not exactly, but it seems I'm overruled by experts.
1: Well, thanks very much, Mr. Murray. You're quite welcome. I hope you won't be too hard on me in your newspaper.
3: Oh, no, of course not. It isn't your fault. Right. Goodbye, and thanks again. Goodbye, Mr. Murray. Goodbye. Well, what do we do now? We didn't get much of a story to put on the wires, Clark. And, oh, if I know the chief, he's going to be hopping mad.
0: Uh, If I could only find old Abner. What did you say? Abner Sykes, you know, the old Freeville telegraph. Good
3: grief, I forgot all about him. Weren't you able to find him, Clark?
0: No, and that's another thing I can't understand. He just seems to have disappeared. Now, come on, let's get out of here.
3: Well, that proves my theory, then.
0: Hmm? What theory?
3: That after somebody tried to shoot him, undoubtedly one of dear old Uncle Ed's hoodlums... Sykes just up and left Freeville.
0: Could be, but that also proves my theory.
3: What's your theory?
0: That after Sykes knows something very important. Something Uncle Ed Clayton didn't want him to tell us. And my hunch is that what he knows is the secret of the drought.
3: What are you talking about, Clark? You just heard that it isn't a secret. It's a freak, a freak of nature.
0: Maybe, but... Look, Lois... There's a nice-looking restaurant across the street. Go on over and have something to eat while you wait there for me, will you?
3: Wait for you. Where are you
0: going? I, uh, I've got a little idea. I want to check. Oh, no. Yeah, now, go on. Be a good girl and have dinner without me. I'll
1: be back soon. So long. Hurrying away from Lois, Clark Kent walks around the municipal building, stops in a dark airy way, and then strips to the blue costume and red cape of Superman. Well, maybe I am all wet, but I want to have a look around Freeville again just to double check. huh and away! Leaping up into the twilight sky, Superman rockets away to the Freeville area of village, farms, and spreading woodland, where, for several minutes, he moves slowly through the air, searching the terrain below him. Then he streaks away to the looming mountains, swooping and coasting above them, his keen eyes continuously probing. Finally, as the evening closes in, he shakes his head ruefully. That looks as
0: if Lois, Jerry Barton, and Mr. Murray were right and I was wrong, because there's nothing the least bit suspicious around here. This drought must be a natural one. Freak of nature, so that's that. Ah, Wait a minute. What's that far over there in the woods? It looks like... Yes, it is.
1: Away! Calling on every ounce of speed in his muscles, Superman rockets away toward the distant woods, where something has excited his interest. What has he seen? We'll be back in a moment to find out, so stand by.
2: You know, it seems like every time two or more kids get together these days, they start right off talking about those swell comic buttons in the new series from Packages of Kellogg's Pep. At school recess or after school or on weekends, you fellows and girls are mighty busy comparing notes on how many pep comic buttons you've collected so far and trading duplicates, too. Boy, that's a load of fun. Maybe you have two little moose buttons, but you don't have a Superman yet. And then maybe one of your friends has a duplicate Superman but needs the little moose. So you swap, and each one has a new comic button to add to his collection. And you know the best part is, your fun keeps right on. Sure, because there are 18 different buttons in this new series. So how's about asking Mom to get you some more Kellogg's Pet? You don't send in any money for these swell prices, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But you get a comic button every time you open a new package of Kellogg's Pet. That's Pep, the sunshine cereal. The good whole wheat flakes with a catchy sunshine flavor. So crisp and tender and fresh that, well, it makes you glad when breakfast time rolls around. Why, Pep tastes a doggone toasty and golden. Your appetite warms right up on a cold morning. So, gang, get your prizes and your good eating in P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep.
1: As we rejoin him now, Superman has arrived over a patch of woods high on a mountain slope. Looking down, he observes a mass of flames whose flickering brightness had drawn his attention from far away. There's a cabin on fire. Uh-oh. A man inside the cabin, unconscious. Down to him. No! Ah, there he is. Now, let's... Great Scott. It's the Freeville Telegrapher. Old Abner Sykes. <laughs> startled moment Superman stares at the unconscious old man for whom he had searched in vain. The one person he is certain can solve the riddle which has so far stumped him. The relation between the drought and Uncle Ed Clayton, the man of hate. Then a split second later, Superman streaks upward from the blazing cabin with Abner Sykes in his arms. Will the telegrapher live and be able to reveal what he knows about the mystery of the Freeville drought? We'll know more tomorrow, gang. So don't miss the next thrilling episode in this exciting story of mystery and intrigue. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station. Remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. Superman is
2: brought to you at the same time Monday through Friday. Say, gang, breakfast is a picnic all year round when there's Kellogg's variety on the table. That's the white, green, and red Kellogg package with ten individual packages. Each one a serve-yourself portion of one of your favorite Kellogg cereals different Kellogg's cereals to choose from, and whatever you pick, you know it'll be crisp and fresh and good because it's Kellogg's. One day you'll want Kellogg's Pep, the next Rice Krispies, and then Corn Flakes, and so on down the line. So ask Mom to get Kellogg's variety. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.